Hi, hello, Salu. How are you? How are you doing today? How have you been since the last time that we spoke? I hope you've been great. Um, today I'll just dive right in. I love, I love what we're discussing today. I love it because it just embodies the spirit of who I am. So I've seen this quote um, that I feel is perfect for today's episode. So the quote says that never apologize for making waves. Even the ocean crashes so the earth can know it can't contain her. Who? I don't know about you, but I love that. I mean, if you're like me, if you've had to have instances where you had to shrink yourself, where you had to apologize for who you are, where society made you feel like you needed to change who you are, you needed to adjust some things about you, you needed to lower a few things, lessen a few things, be a little nicer, be a little tougher, be a little kinder, be a little harder, like whatever. If you're a human on this planet, basically, <laughs> you've had moments when you've had to adjust who you are to fit in with what someone somewhere expected or what the standard was set at some place, you know. Um, it's unfortunate because we are diverse as humans. We're never meant to be the same. Like at no point were we ever meant to be the same. So we can't all be the same. And it's unfortunate because when I see what we went through uh, in school, we were meant to sit down, we had to behave uniformly, we had to do things a certain way, but we can't, we're not, we're not meant to fit in boxes together. Granted, majority of society might be a certain way, but you don't have to be. I mean, they are outcasts like us, they're the people who are different uh, than the neurotypicals versus the neurodivergents. And what I'm trying to say is, that we're different. And I hope, I hope you embrace your differences. I hope you try less to be what you think people are. You know, I hope you get to interrogate. Like just, have you ever sat down and asked yourself, what part was you? Like what part is really you yourself? And what part is layers and layers of of things that you've been conditioned to or how society has primed you to be, you know. Some of these things are so um, subconscious that we don't realize it. Sometimes it's, you think, I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and I was just telling her how a lot of us think that we're empaths because we, you know, we tend to feel people. We can see how people are doing. But if you went through childhood trauma or you went through a childhood where, um, there was only something. You had to learn how to read the temperature of the room. You had to learn how to read people's emotions very quickly. You had to learn to adapt and understand what was going on very fast because you needed to protect yourself. You will learn hypervigilance as an adult. And hypervigilance might look like empathy. It might look like, oh my goodness, I spot people's emotions very easily and I connect with them like I understand how they're feeling. But it's not. It is not. And learn that shit. And learn it, release it. You do not have to be hyper vigilant anymore. And that's just one example. Some of us think we're introverted, you know, because 
I mean, I just, I, I prefer my own company. But do you really prefer your own company? Or did things happen in such a way that they made you shrink, you know? Or you're conditioned, you're raised in a place where you are told you're too much. You're too talkative, you're too too loud. So you had to learn how to quiet yourself, how to pacify yourself. Um, You might think you're very good at finances. You're financially prudent. Like, oh my goodness, I'm so good at planning my finances. But maybe it's because you had parents who or guardians or the adults in your life were not good at man- managing finances. So you people who grew around that will either turn into two things. You'll either become an impulsive person like the adults that you saw or you will become again hypervigilant with finances, you know. And so you think you're financially prudent, but it's just something that's motivated by the fear. You know, like that's the only way you found how to feel grounded and feel stable and to feel like you're in control because the adults in your life are not in control. What I'm trying to tell you is there are many layers of who we are that we'll discover are not really us. And it's so important to shed those layers so that you can meet who you are. And then after you meet who you are, you will see pieces of yourself that you give up because of people. You will see pieces of yourself that you thought were evil or bad, but they were beautiful, you know. So, um, <laughs> this conversation actually started, um, I think, a day or two ago. I sent a friend of mine a text message, just a nice um, heartfelt message, you know, I'd gone through Pinterest, went scrolling through things. I wanted to send a certain friend. And then I realized, oh my goodness, I want to send to another one. And then all of a sudden I just started looking at messages for my inner circle and things that might, you know, relate to the circumstances they're in. And so I sent, I sent uh, this particular one to my friend and oh my goodness, her first reaction, her very first response was, are you okay? You know, and why it just had me it, it had me so amused because i had to clarify and tell her you know what i'm not dying and i'm not depressed i'm just it's not a sudden outburst of emotions i'm just embracing who i am i'm embracing the fact that i'm the type of friend who will randomly appreciate my friends like i used to put friends up like i just post them randomly on social media just to appreciate them you know and i'd be all mushy and oh I enjoy that because I believe in giving people their roses when they're still alive, you know. So I don't need a birthday. I don't need a special date. But then over time, I learned how to tone that down because I felt like, oh, my God, it's too much. Oh, my God, I'm putting my people out there. Oh, my goodness. uh, How will it be perceived? Does, Does it just look like it was out of nowhere, you know? And I toned it down and I shrunk myself. And I think I ended up limiting that to partners that I had you know and I'm just thinking no I shall not limit all this goodness all this creativity all the fun that I have all these heartfelt messages that I have I'm not limiting them to a partner alone my friends deserve it my family members deserve it I mean so yeah it got me thinking of how the things that I had to give up you know and I can't tell you the number of times while growing up that I felt like I, and it was not even me. It's, it's people made me feel like I was too much and I needed to shrink, you know? And so I learned how to 
reduce parts of myself, to limit parts of me, you know. And I learned how to adapt to what I thought a good human is supposed to be, you know. Like you're supposed to be interdependent on people, you're supposed to be humble, you're supposed to be accommodative and open and, you know, all those nice little things that humans are supposed to do, you know. I remember this one time we had this youth group of ours. So quite a number of years back, I think I was around 13 years old. And one time we had this very nice um, activity that we did. So we had met up and someone took us through this activity where you were supposed to write things about everyone in the group. So on a piece of paper, you write um, something like their good things and the things that are their weaknesses or the things that you feel they can work on, you know. And so the person who was coordinating the activity would gather all the papers and then give you a personalized report, like give you, okay, of course, not writing who wrote what about you, but you'd get a summary of all the things people thought were amazing about you and the things that they felt that you needed to work on. And the things that were amazing about me were nice and they were heartwarming and I was excited about them. But I remember... um. One or two people, or are they even three, wrote that that something about I am nice, but I need to tone down on my pride, or that I am proud, you know. And oh my goodness, that hit me hard because all of a sudden I'd never sat down to consider how people perceived me, you know. Come to think of it, thirteen was such a watershed moment for, like, just generally a watershed year for me because. That's the year now people poked holes into what I thought. That's the year now all of a sudden I was hearing people say that I was proud. And apparently I was proud because I had I just had a larger than life personality, you know. And later on I came to realize it was just a projection of people's insecurities. When you're living your life unapologetic and just being yourself, um, it's easy for people to see that as pride or just feel like you're showing off or something. I remember, oh my goodness, I remember there's this ex of mine, like when we were meeting up back in the day, uh, we met up accidentally. It was just one of those mixed up numbers, uh, something, 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 you know. So we ended up on a blind date and I met him and I remember he was just this awkward, shy guy, you know, like I remember the outfit he had and we met up and we hung out and... After that, he disappeared, you know, and I don't even think I noticed it. So uh, fast forward, like seven years later, we reconnected. And this is the time that we actually reconnected and ended up dating. And I remember one time I, as we were just reminiscing on the whole story and how things started. And so he told me something. He was like, so that time when we met, the reason why he ghosted me was because he kept looking at me the whole time and... In his head, like these were his words. He said, So yeah, I know you're beautiful and 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 and, and intelligent and all, but you don't have to rub it in my face. So apparently, me just speaking confidently, oh my goodness, I was just an innocent, extroverted person, just your typical Leo being friendly and social. And I hadn't paused to think about these things about myself. So yeah, and those are the things that people projected. I mean, at the end of the day, he was almost shy. He was insecure. Oh my God, he had so many insecurities, you know. And and because of that, because I triggered his insecurities, his response was that, 
I was rubbing it in his face. And I think that's the same, same thing that happened. But you see, younger me didn't know these things, didn't know about projection. So I believed what people said. So when people said I was proud, I started being overly cautious. I started wanting to appear more humble, more relatable. I second-guessed so many things about myself, you know. I toned down my confidence because I was like, oh, my God, what if it is pride, you know. Um, I started shrinking to, you know, just to appear a little more <sighs> accommodating, you know. And I hadn't realized how bad it was or how much change had occurred until... I think a year or two. So I was talking to this guy friend of mine. We were classmates in primary school. And so one time we were just chatting. And I think he sends me this. Um, basically, what he told me was I had gone from. He sent me an image of. No, I'm the one who sent an image of Beyonce. Like it was just, you know, the way you're joking and texting. And I'm like, hey, listen, a queen just walked into the room, you know. Um, and he was like, yeah, like I get, yeah, like this is you. But he's like, but you went from this, like, you know, to that. And so he sent me one of Rihanna. And it's like I'd gone from Rihanna to Beyonce. I mean, I just didn't get the difference. I mean... Both of them are very awesome mummies out here. Just, you know, killing it, proud women. And I came to realize that Rihanna is very unapologetic. Oh my goodness, she's so, really such a badass, you know, and she doesn't apologize for it. B, on the other hand, is a typical Vago like me. And us guys have our very wild, 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 bold, unapologetic sides. But we have the sides that are tamed and toned down and nice and soft, you know. And so I came to realize what he was telling me is I had changed. And it's true. I gave up so much. You know, like when I look back at the girl I was in primary school and the girl I was growing up and the girl I ended up being, um, it's very different. I gave up so many things. I remember one of the things I gave up was, oh my goodness, <laughs> my English. Um, those who knew me from my earlier days knew my English is one of those things that used to stand out. And I had almost forgotten about it until sometime this year. I was on um, I was on, on one of those dating apps. I was trying. It's one of those video dating something. I can't even remember the name. But the point was you're supposed to be on video dates with people. And then if you hit it off, you connect. If you don't, end of story. So I was talking to this guy and he was from US. And I remember the first thing he asked me is, are you British? And I was like, no, why? And he's like, your English is very British. And I was just like, well, packs of colonialism, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I always loved language. I always loved English. And so I used to speak very good English. And I remember when I went from, I was in class four and I was in this school where Askers were not allowed to speak. I think we only had one day for speaking Swahili or something of the sort. And after the one day, most of the other times, you're supposed to be speaking in English. So <laughs> um, I transferred to this school, to this different one. And I remember when I got into class, now where this classmate of mine was telling me about Beyonce and Rihanna was. And when I got in, um, guys were just being themselves. Just, you know, your average local kids just having fun and just being their dusty ass selves. And so when I walked in, I had been taught that when a teacher speaks to you, 
even if they speak in Swahili, you're supposed to speak back in English. So I remember I walked in and this teacher asked me, um, because I know my friends are the ones who kept reminding me that I walked in and then the teacher asked me, um, do I give you new books or, or you'll use the one that you have? And I said, I'll use the old ones, like in a very, you know, with a very specific accent. And then the teacher just went ahead to tell me in Swahili and she was like, so now that you're joining us, you know, like, like just to imply that are you the one who's going to be leading or are they the ones who are going to be leading you? And instead of responding in Swahili, again, I was like, they'll read my number. So <laughs> from then on, I was known as the chick with, with, with the big English, you know. I remember staying there for a while. And so I started adapting to the situation and I decided to change, to be more like everyone else because who I was was standing out a little too much. And I know it's a bad Libra habit. Libras are, oh my goodness, there's a meme that was just laughing about how at a Libra looking at the next person who tells them that, oh my God, we get along so well, you get me. And it's just because they changed to fit their personality, you know. So Libras have that tendency to just match personalities with the people around them. So that's what I ended up doing. And the more I did these things, the more I shed off layers of who I am and who I was, and started picking up what people expected of me, or what matched the people around me, you know. And it's it's sad, honestly. It is sad, because nobody should ever have to change who they are, you know. Nobody should ever have to. Like, I remember when I was growing up, I was a very independent child. In fact, that's the one thing my mom kept telling me. Oh my goodness, you're so independent. I didn't even know what to do with you because there's nothing I could do. And I remember we had this conversation when I was trying to tell her about the childhood trauma I was healing and the things that I picked up from, you know, and how I thought, oh my goodness, should have done more of this and how I felt like I needed more guidance and, you know, like I just needed uh, parenting, you know. And she was just like, you're too independent you're too independent nobody could curb you you know and so now i come to realize i didn't need that i didn't need to be coddled i didn't need i didn't need people all over my space i was independent and that was okay you know and now i know now i know because i know things about myself i know things about my personality but one of the most liberating things i've learned recently is under human design knowing that as a manifester i'm very independent you know like monies are very independent monies are the only types under the human design that don't need people and I know it sounds very wrong, but monies don't need people. They don't. Every other type has to wait for something. Generators have to wait for something, for them to respond to. Projectors have to wait. Reflectors have to wait until everyone is done, you know. But monies don't. Us guys move on our own pace. Us guys do our own shit. And I think that's why for us, our strategy is to inform others. Because we move and we keep it moving and we're on our own until it it starts threatening other people or it starts making other people uncomfortable. No wonder, no wonder people end up lab labeling you as so many different things. So if I knew these things early, I'd have embraced my independence. You know, I, I remember there's this song that I love, um, good thing by Kelani. And I remember I liked that song, but I kept skipping over this part, you know, that says, um, the chorus is, I already have a good thing with me. I already got, 
everything I need. The best things in life are already mine. Don't tell don't tell me that you have a good thing for me because I already have a good thing with me. Um I'm good by myself. Don't need no one else. You know, don't tell me that you have a good thing for me. And I used to like the other part. I'd be like, oh yeah, I already have a good thing with me. You know, like if, if someone comes along, well and good, but you already have a good thing with me. But then I remember having a problem with that part um, where she'd say, uh, I'm good by myself. Don't need no one else. So I'd skip that part because <laughs> I had been taught that we're interdependent. And we need each other. And you shouldn't be moving all on your own. You need people. You need people. You need people. So I'd skip that part. And today I woke up and I was just like, fuck that shit. I don't. I don't. And I know it's, it's going to sound very wrong or going to sound off. If you're not like me, by the way, don't follow this advice. This is me speaking about myself. So you find what works for you. But for me, I'm going back to embracing the fact that I'm very independent and I'll move according to it. And I no longer have to worry about trying to include people because, you know, the funniest thing is um, the one time I tried getting back to this, um, it feels like a paradox, but it's true because one morning I woke up and I was just like, no, I'm taking back everything to myself i'm taking back the focus to myself i'm taking back my energy to myself i'm no longer moving in a way where i'm so busy considering people and so busy making accommodations for people and waking up and wanting to check up on people and whatnot and i remember that day i was just like today is my day i'm not bothering with my phone i'm just here here spending time with myself i don't care if the world burns the world can burn for all i care but i'm just spending time with me and it's all about me and i embraced my selfishness and let me tell you that day oh my goodness my phone was buzzing wildly like all of a sudden the one time i decided to be selfish and just be me and be independent people came you know and the times i was so busy trying to be open and accommodating it would actually repel people you know and i know it's a paradox but my life is one big paradox and I'm learning how to embrace those paradox and how to no longer make apologies for them. Like, oh my goodness, I'm two extremes. There are things about me that don't make sense. For instance, I'm very messy and I'm very organized. I'm very extroverted and I'm very introverted. You know, I just don't fit in boxes and it's okay. And it's very okay. So it's learning how to get back to myself, being true to who I am. It's been shedding off what came from other people, shedding off conditioning from other people, um, taking back things that are mine, embracing my shadows, emb embracing my darkness, you know. And it's been a beautiful journey. I've been on a path... Um, I've been on a path uh, of exploring my darkness from around 2018. I remember in 2018... Um, I mentioned I'm a very spiritual person. So in 2018, just before I left church, I remember any time, not even when I was praying, I just keep getting messages telling me that I'm about to walk into a dark season of my life. And dark, not because it was bad, but dark because it was unfamiliar. Like it was time for me to meet my darkness, you know, like face the things that I used to fear about myself. Like one of the things I remember I used to be so afraid of is how, I had this big brother in quotes who used to be very churchy, very prophetic. And I remember one time he used to tell me when I was when I was just, I think, in high school. And he told me, 
you know, you, you have all the ingredients that Lucifer had. And he kept telling me, you would be so wild. Like, thank God for Jesus. If it wasn't for Jesus, you would be the wildest person I've ever seen, you know. And so I was always very cautious, always very cautious because I was afraid of this wild side that would come out because I felt like it would be a wild raging fire that I wouldn't be able to contain, you know. So I spent so many years being afraid of that side and trying to tame that side and trying to keep myself in line. And then when I started this path, I realized there was nothing to fear. You know, I started embracing the things that I thought were dark, the things that I thought were bad about me. And I picked them. And I realized there was nothing. In fact, they made me um, meet parts of myself that are so beautiful. Here's the thing about your darkness. Um, you can't be light. There can't be light without darkness. The two coexist. So you can't label parts of yourself as bad and want to do away with them. Yet they're parts of who you are. Like they came there for a reason. I talk to people, people who are afraid of being angry, people afraid of their anger. And I'm just like, what's the worst that it would do? If it's your anger, it's yours. Be angry. Be angry and see what's going to happen. Like what's the worst that would happen? Then wait and see what the worst that's going to happen. And then from there, you will meet parts of yourself that you needed to see. You learn how to work with it better. But your darkness, your dark parts are not there to be gotten rid of. Embrace them. Whether the world gets it or they don't, that's for them. There are parts about you that people will never understand. Stop trying to fix them. Stop trying to be more like other people. Stop trying to be more of a good child, you know. Stop trying to be a good person. Stop trying to be what you think, you know. Don't. Don't, 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 don't. People don't have to understand you. The world doesn't have to understand you. You don't have to fit in a box. You do you. You do you and let the world adjust, you know. And the other thing I'd want you to remember is in doing you, there are things about you that are going to change over the years. There are things about you that are changing. It's okay to embrace the change. It's okay to embrace the different parts of yourself. When growing up, one of the things that... People would ask, you know, those questions were, if you're an animal, what type of animal would you be, you know? And funny enough, I'd just say the butterfly. I don't even think that counts as an animal, but I always say the butterfly. And I'd say I am a butterfly because I'm beautiful, wild, and free, you know? And growing up, it got to a point I couldn't even say that anymore because it's just like, how dare I go say that I am beautiful, wild, and free? Who told you you're beautiful, you know? And so, yeah, with the image issues. So I struggled with that for a while. And then I struggled with the part of wild because it's like, oh, wild is not good, you know. But the free part, I was okay. So now I come to realize that being a butterfly is, oh my goodness, it's, it's, it's much bigger than I thought. It wasn't just about being beautiful, being wild and free. Like I used to say that I can't be tamed. And now I've gone back to that part, going back to the part where I cannot be tamed and I'm okay with it. But being a butterfly is also about transformation. A butterfly goes through different phases. Same, same creature, different phases. When a butterfly is a caterpillar, it still exists and it still exists within its purpose and it's still amazing. When it goes through the cocoon stages where it's what lava and pupa, it's still a creature that's amazing. And in all those states, it still exists as 
itself, you know. And when finally it changes to a butterfly, it still exists, you know. And here's the thing about a butterfly. A butterfly spends a good chunk of its life, you know. Let me just say her because I believe in animals being, they're not it. They're, I, I don't want to use male binaries. I don't, okay, let's just say they. So they spend a good part of their life being something that's different. So you'll know this butterfly as a caterpillar. So you can imagine the shock that happens when you've been a caterpillar for most of your life and then all of a sudden you disappear you go underground and then you come back and you're different and people can't recognize who you are anymore and i realized that story of my life you know like i've been this person for so many years and all of a sudden this other person that i am just feels so different and i used to be so scared of showing myself fully because oh my goodness it looks like i'm so different i'm so different i'm so different but yeah I am different and it's okay. And the other thing about human design that I loved is I learned from my from my 6-2 profile because my profile is a 6-2. People who have a 6th line uh, profile, um, 6s tend to change, you know. 6s, everyone spends life. Like if you're a 4, you're a 4. If you're a 2, you're a 2. If you're a 1, you're a 1. Um, I'll dive into what all those things mean in a different podcast. But for now, let me just talk about 6s. So 6s are the only type, the only profile that spends the first 30 years of their lives being a 3. So a 6 is your typical role model, blah, 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 and whatnot. But a 3, a 3 is the type of person who does so much trial and error because 3s learn from from trying. And so as a 6, I spent 30 years of my life or the first 29 years of my life just being in this whole trial and error phase where you're thrown through all sorts of things where this comes and this comes and this comes and this comes and this is supposed to help you discover so many aspects of who you are. And so by the time I got to 30, when you get to 30, that's when now you step into your sixth. You step into your sixth personality. And it means I spent the first 30 or 29 years of my life being someone that is so different from who I actually am, you know. And so it means from 30, I will look different. And sure enough, from 30, I have been looking very different and I have been sounding very different. And that whole experience... The first 30 years helped me figure out what was me, what wasn't, what I liked, what I didn't, what what I wanted to embrace more of, what I didn't, you know. And it's okay. And it's okay. So now I'm over here. And I am embracing me. And I'm loving me. And I'm not making any apologies for it. And I'm loving the adventure that is life. I'm loving the fact that I just get to skip around life and have fun and be, you know, adventurous and do things in ways that other people don't get. But as long as I get it, I'm good with it. As long as I see it, I'm good with it. And I'm sharing this because I hope this frees you up. I hope I hope this reminds you to keep being boldly you. Stop Stop trying to change yourself for people. 
stop trying to fit in stop trying to be acceptable stop trying to be nicer stop having several personalities you know stop trying to fit into this mold when you with these people and fit into this other mold when you it's exhausting honestly it's exhausting it's, it's so exhausting don't do it step into who you are fully and enjoy it and embrace it and enjoy your seasons enjoy your high moments enjoy your low moments enjoy every bit of life and have fun with it so i hope you're going to have an amazing time ahead um let me know let me know let me know let me know how this thing goes for you and i hope to see you next time and i really enjoyed this conversation so see you next time have a good time